You can have a double beard with a double chin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Christie's Third Nipple. The podcast is unnecessary as a newspaper's April Fool's joke. My name's Kieran and I'm joined as ever by Dan. Hello. And Tarek. How are you doing? And in this episode we're going back to a Stone Cold classic. So far back in fact that it came out when I was still in nappies. The 1985 time travel phenomenon that is Back to the Future. Before that, we're going to give a recommendation each from what we've been watching over the last two weeks. And I host a triple threat quiz between Dan, Tarek, and our special guest for this episode. Joining us today is a man who's got four names, but doesn't use any of them. His birth certificate might read Stephen James Alexander Carr, but we all know and love him as stealth. Welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Thanks for having me. No problem. How you doing, Good to see you. How's how's everybody been doing recently? Because see, with the like lockdowns kind of easing slightly, and uh, the nights are getting a bit lighter. One of the highlights there for the last two weeks is the resurgence of what we call around to the Friday night club. Uh, so every Friday night, about five, half five, six o'clock, bands have had their tea, get them all wrapped up in coats, take him to the park along with a couple of beers. Happy Friday night club. Friday night club. <laughs> Just all the dads standing there discussing their fantasy football, fantasy teams. football teams. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> what buffets did you get for your father's day? <laughs> uh, how many Easter eggs have I got? Uh... <laughs> Standard. That's good. As long as they're all craft beers. <laughs> oh, well, and uh, at one point I was like pushing two swings with one hand, like like a pro. And then the other hand, <laughs> I had, like uh, my neighbour's got a, a a keg machine, so like I, I drafted Stella and a Stella glass, and then just pushing. And there's somebody who's not in the David that's just walked up past with a dog and just looked at me. <laughs> what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> The ultimate Well, we gave you the complimentary head nod, I have to say. Yeah, guys went in there. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> and the same vein, Carmoli Tarski. <laughs> when it comes to no, it's dad, definitely well, be... well, we can do anything. <laughs> you find a way. Mm. But um, yeah, it's been it's been great. The fact of being able to go out with friends and play play football, uh, drum geese, uh, most Saturdays. So. And so it's been hotter. I think actually, like yesterday, yesterday was probably the hottest day of the year so far. I'd say, so that was a good time for football. And um, obviously, it was uh, Leah's birthday yesterday mm-hmm. as well. So that was that was a lot of fun. So it's just kind of I, I see people that say sunlight directly links to your mood, and I always kind of written it off until this year when I think it's it's impacted us more than ever oh, <laughs> because. Because of all lockdown and stuff, but it, it does make me feel better now that we're getting sunnier days. Oh, definitely. And um, it wasn't just Leah's birthday. It was uh, Stephen James Alexander Carr. <laughs> Stephen James Alexander Carr. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, Thanks. Steph. 
Happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks very much. Another year old, another year, another birthday spent in lockdown. But hopefully soon enough we'll be out of it and we could celebrate it properly. How many pairs of bathies did you get? None, actually. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so much a bathies guy. Nah. Nah. Plenty of jammies though, but nah, no, no so much the bathies. So yeah, socks guy or just like the taser? Socks guy. <laughs> socks guy. I'm not a, not a feet man. Nah, not at all. Aye, no, let's get off of the feet chart because uh, please stand up. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so, you, what did you do for your birthday then, stealth? Not much at all. As I say, I was working yesterday, yesterday morning, so from half six to half past two, that was me as a busy man. Uh, spent bathroom with the kids, pretty much it. No, nothing else much happening. Oh, very good. Went to visit a, a friend of ours, Frank, Frank, last night, see how he was getting on. A wee, PS4 night just the two of a wee bro date but that not part of that nothing else can't be the touch her hmm <laughs> so they uh, try and touch her I wasn't a bro date <laughs> no <laughs> so, so the, in, in, the, in the two weeks since we've been away uh, Cine World's come up with some news um, they're going to reopen UK cinemas next month after yes. signing a new deal with Warner Brothers. So un- under this deal, from next year, Cineworld will get exclusive showing of Warner Brothers films for at least a month before they're on the streaming platforms. Now, obviously, it's been a pretty lean period for cinemas of late, and I think it's allowed the streaming platforms to tighten their grip on cinemas even more. So then Yeah, been. the industry as a whole, yeah. So I'm hoping that this kind of move could be a step in the right direction to try and level the playing field a little bit give them a fighting chance yeah, yeah no, I've definitely. seen a couple of the movies that they've got um, up and coming so there's the Godzilla versus Kong yeah. and then the one after that is I think Mortal Kombat yeah so the new Mortal yeah. Kombat one um, which we discussed well mentioned a couple of episodes ago those of yeah. our, our active listeners that will remember that um, <laughs> we're going to go and see them we're going to play our part in the recovery of cinemas and we'll have a Christy day out or night out in the theatre next month <laughs> and Daz thinks it's going to be a good idea for us to kind of record an immediate reaction to this and put it out as a bonus episode so we'll do that yeah um, especially yeah. for uh, as like a little kind of extra bit or a little bite for the YouTube or Facebook yeah. or something like that if we go out and then maybe come back to our house and record yeah. our first reactions and then uh, it kind of uh, gets us ahead of the curve as well because it'll be a trending topic. Yeah, and definitely, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll be one of the first to get our get our words out, get our foot in the door. So we'll have to be quick and get the first book in then. Yeah, as soon as we can. Even if we have to send three different places in the cinema. <laughs> you should live record it from maybe. the cinema. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> During that, just let it play. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get my trend in at least. Yeah, yeah. I'll get to jail as well. <laughs> <laughs> Spread the word in there. Yeah. Well, sometimes you've got to make some uh, some things for your art. What's the phrase? Yeah, suffer for the art. Suffer for the art. That's it. <laughs> So uh, with a hot sun, with a sun coming out. Uh, well, actually, I'll just give you a quick, quick um, April Fools that his mum thought would have been quite fun to play. 
this was so so I got a heads up two days beforehand, um, and she just said, "Oh, uh, I want to do April April joke." I was like, "Right, okay." Um, she she thought it was just in Poland that they did it did this. Right. Um, until we just kind of said, "No, well," as he explained to her, and that was all good. So she didn't want Izzy to know either. Um, and was kids at school on April Fool's Day? Yeah, yeah. It was a Friday, was it? Or Thursday. Thursday. Um, so, so she said to us as soon as they'd left, she was like, what we'll do is I'll, um, we'll, she's bought these hair spray things to colour your hair. And she said that she just basically wanted to spray her hair a different colour, spray my beard a different colour, and then jump out on the kids when they came through the door. I was like, well, that's not really April Fool's, but we'll jump out and scare them. Yeah, that's I'm good. I'm game for that. Always game for it. Um, so gets about three. Well, time for the kids to come home. Um, I was finished work early, so I was outside working in the garden. She came out with the spray cans, so she was like, right, you you do this, you get it all sprayed. I was like, right, so start spraying my beard, and then. Um, she just finished, she sprayed a big thing on top of my head and then um, she went away inside, got her coat on and just left. <laughs> so she just sprayed me all red and blue and then just fucking done his right up. <laughs> 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 she didn't spray anything of herself. I was just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> so got her done one from her. That's the real one where the, the person in the joke is actually been Joked. <laughs> oh, exactly. I was just standing there going, where are you going? She must just be going for a wee walk, come back. Nah, she was going for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> or the wee Springer step during that walk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did any of you guys get any decent April Fools? Nah. Nah. Well, not so much April Fools, but the the boys, uh, I've just discovered what pranks are recently. So the new thing is basically doing pranks every other day. So it was Laura's birthday on Thursday and we got a cake for her. So my nose grand plan was to put shape, uh, whipped him all over the cake and then when Laura went to blow the candles, he would push her face into the cake, which he successfully did. Uh, this morning was my turn because obviously I was working yesterday. So I was woken up with the old, um, not shaving foam, but whipped cream in the hand, tickled the face, ended up on my face this morning. That was nice. <laughs> And then I went downstairs in the kitchen. Your kids so, are great. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> great, great, great to spend your Sunday morning. So I called up the kitchen. Dad, Dad, we've got you a cake. Now I could see what it was, but by this point, you've got to go along with it. What they've done was they've got a box, put a balloon inside it, whipped cream all over the top, sprinkles, etc. Hey, Dad, come on and cut your cake. Knife in the cake, balloon pops, whipped cream all over the kitchen, all over me. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. Not, not nothing too bad in the, in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, I could just see that es- escalating now. They, they should have their own YouTube those, channel. Oh yeah, definitely. those are three top top ranks. I think. <laughs> <laughs> they get millions of views off them. Yeah, all these big pranksters. Oh, definitely. Just uh, wait till you got your hand in hot water and you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't give any ideas, Tarek. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad enough as it is. Especially because it seems to be old school pranks, but as I say, they still work. But that's definitely one of the oldest school ones, that one. Well, I, I, 
I probably watched the longest movie I only is today, uh, this week. Um, because I, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say. I journeyed on the Odyssey of the four hour uh, length Snyder Cut and of the Justice League. And <laughs> what can I say about four hours to fit in less than four minutes? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I think it was great. Um, was it worth the, the, the length, the wrong time? Yes and no. I would say mostly yes. Uh, there's some scenes that are just tacked on or just uh, kind of embiggened for stylish reasons, like uh, the movie's uh, opening of the uh, ending of Batman v Superman. Spoilers if you haven't seen that. But um, of uh, Superman dying and his death yell is going on for like five minutes. And it is important to kind of the plot that makes sense, but you could just say it in a word rather than slow-mo five-minute yells <laughs> and get Johnny in the whole world. <laughs> or there's a Martha. scene with the Amazons. <laughs> Amazons are uh, like shooting the arrow to send a message to uh, Wonder Woman that takes about 20 minutes, that whole scene. Uh, you just have it done in like 10 seconds. But I really think it improves upon the movie. It, it's the... It's actually there's vision, which is it's good that's been realised because that was screwed over by uh, the, the you know the producers and uh, the people in charge as soon as the tragedy in his family happened, and soon he was as soon as he stepped out, they they just licked their lips and they just <laughs> tried to screw it over as much as they could. Um, but you know what, the fans campaigned hard for it and they got what they wanted, and I think everybody's happy, so it's worth it. But um, <laughs> probably just once for most people. Yeah, I'm done. I'm I'm just I'm just sitting here, really, really fucking smug. <laughs> at, your, at your description of what the Justice League listen, was like after. Listen, after I just did that to win a dawn. Okay, we've all done things yeah. with dawns. Oh, that. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't up my, my actual beliefs. <laughs> Listen, I may fight for the heart, but the old times, right? <laughs> I, I, did ask him, does that to you. I did ask him that yesterday. He says, so we used to stand by your Don argument, or do you want do you revise it? He says, nah, I'd probably revise it, to be honest. That <laughs> <laughs> was just for a Don. Yeah. All, <laughs> we all do things for a Don. Yeah. I, I watched that as well. Um, I thought it was pretty... It definitely could have been done in three hours. Definitely. Slow, <laughs> slow moving things. It was just like, oh, come on, man. Let's just get it done. But when I was watching it, I was kind of looking at all the different things that I think Snyder's edited or tweaked and trying to play back from memory of what the old film was um, and the scenes that they had. And I was more looking at it as, right, so what's he actually done here? What the, um, so mm. when he was doing yeah. For that four hours, a lot of the time I was actually thinking, right, he's done this, he's stretched that out a good fucking bit. Um, which yeah. you, you just say that to yourself far too many times, but it brings a story along a lot more. And now the new hashtag, was it Snyderverse? Restore yeah, the Snyderverse, because restore, uh, Snyderverse has setups that if, it, if he doesn't get more movies, he'll never get paid off. He has different interpretations, like so this Justice League was supposed to get put in 2017. Since then, there's been movies afterwards, like Aquaman and stuff like that, that have different takes on the character than what Snyder 
spotlight has and stuff like that. Just like different things like that. So the whole universe is changing his hand rather than. See, that's that's interesting. Is is the I take it the Marvel universe is like that as well, and that you can hand the film well, over to the director, and he's got his vision of what this yeah. story is. But then, does that fuck up like what the next guy wants to do? I think well, it's they, they, no, yeah, they they did it in a way that they'll have all their most of their individual movies first before they join a, a group up, and so, and plus they have a guy in charge. Kevin Feige that mm. overlooks everything and says, "Here's the plan. You have this uh, wiggle room mm-hmm. that you can go." Which, which has been criticised because it's not really the director's view; it's just kind of Feige's view, and they're just there to to do the job, you know. Because uh, yeah, it's right, not really it's a like, Marvel universe; it's Feige's yeah. universe. Uh, yeah, Edgar Wright stepped out of Ant Man because he wasn't gonna wasn't allowed to do what he really wanted. Oh, and he, yeah. he's a guy that you know you're watching Edgar Wright movie when you watch well, it well you need that I would argue just as like an outsider of this that you'd probably need that because if, it, if you allowed everybody to be like a, a Zack Snyder and just to go on with say a fucking Ant-Man or a Superman and they would probably want their character to be the guy <laughs> or the most interesting yeah. story and all this and just like when they do come together for this or for the the what they call Avengers or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I, how does it all mix together? You need you, you, you need somebody. Uh, yeah. Because well, Snyder did the Superman movie, sorry, then the Batman movie, Superman movie, and then this movie, and then there was a movie afterwards of those characters. So he already had this vision, and then they just tried to correct it. <laughs> of course, correct. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I think, uh, no, I just, I just agree with you, Kieran. I think you're right in, in that... Um, <laughs> Marvel might have its criticisms, but you do need that overall sort of voice that steers the films. Because I think Marvel's got 23 films overall that have yeah. kind of led to one big story. Whereas DC, admittedly, they have had some good films that have maybe what, four or five, and they seem to be a bit well, not cohesive. And that's the reason I kind of struggle to build the universe. Mm. But I think for what he did, that was, it was definitely an improvement overall on the, the Josh Whedon cut of the film. Uh, just need to ask you, darling, did you did you watch it in one sitting, or did you have to did you break it up like did you break halfway through, or did you just go straight through four hours? No, I've got an I've got an iron ass. I just went and <laughs> through. The I four was hours. doing other things like I'd have uh, I'd have my like lunch, and then I brought it through to the kitchen, did did those dishes, put it away, and then went back. I just had it on my phone, and so you know I was just I was transporting it through the house. I didn't sit in one place. So mm-hmm. I, I kept it going all the way through, but it was for a stint, but not in one sitting. Nice. What about you? Did you four hours it? No, no, I, I, I spot it and I spot that one too. Uh, I was getting yeah, a bit late at night. I was getting a bit late at night for me, and I thought I'm going to fall asleep with it. So I'll, I'll, I'll swap. But I did yeah. think that the, the first night I kept the Friday, I thought I'll stick it on. I got I got right. for like two two and a half hours into it, and I had to, I had to turn it off. But the movie that I don't know if you know is it's actually split up into parts. So it'll say part one, right. then part right. two, then part. So if you do want to, uh, like just do two stages, two parts. That's a pretty obvious bit to do. Definitely, yeah. So yeah. I think he's made that with that in mind. So enough, yeah. that's another kind of... I think more movies should kind of do that if if they're going to be long or something like that. Or even because I felt like it was a different chapter of the book rather than... You see sometimes in movies where 
it just kind of goes. It's like, oh, well, there's not really any balance in this. There's no, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no flow right. to this. But if you say, if you say stop, all right, here's a different story. <laughs> there you can go. It makes it more sense to me anyway. Like, I watched a film called, well, I'll tell you how come, like, remember we did Born After Reading? And I was just searching through Netflix for a, a film that I kind of just took my fancy, but I hadn't really heard anything of. This was the other option. This this was this just missed out to Burn After Rain for no reason other than just like the 30 seconds that you got on Netflix and then just kind of like the look of it. So it had this kind of like indie cinema sort of feel to it, low budget type thing. And um, it's called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Any's ever seen that? Yeah, no, never heard. I never see it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I remember how far uh, when it was made. Uh, 2017, and it's on it's on Netflix. So it follows Ruth, who's kind of like just she's a she's a nurse, and she's living in this kind of nondescript house in Austin, I think. Um, and she's kind of like a bit downtrodden. Uh, her there's a kind of bit at the start, the opening scene is her being interrupted by like noisy neighbours and going to the, the shops and getting cut off at, in, in the, the car park and then getting skipped in the queue and stuff like that. So you're just kind of getting like a bit like that. And it's a story about how she supposedly gets her revenge. So I thought, all right, okay, I'll, I'll see that. How, how does she go about it? Does she kind of, you know, grab life by the balls and kind of become more steadfast or whatever? Uh, she, her laptop gets stolen and she kind of drags the, uh, one of her neighbours into help and he's like this. it's um, Elijah Wood who plays this guy who kind of reminds me of Dwight for the, the US office and that uh, he's <laughs> an absolute like geek but like, like he's got a ninja belt with all these like you know the star things that you chuck <laughs> in the yeah. wall ninja stars ninja stars he's got them and he practices with nunchucks in the in the back gaze and stuff. But he's not, he's like <laughs> the same as her. Like he's nobody's mate, an absolute outsider. So they two set off to try and get the laptop back. And just one thing leads to another, and it turns into this absolute gourd best that is so shit funny. I just couldn't take my eyes off. I couldn't believe the next thing happened. The next thing <laughs> happened. At one point, um, they get dragged into this. I don't want to say too much, but they get dragged into this. Uh, this house robbery and like calamity happens you know there's people suffering bullet wounds and chopped off hands and everything like that and she's just like spewing her absolute ringer at this in the corner <laughs> she's just completely no use to this and somebody just says could you stop that could you just fucking stop that <laughs> and it just it goes it, go, it just gets more crazy but she sort of maintains her uh, level-headedness and realism, I would say, and you, you definitely feel for her, you definitely pull for her, and you just laugh the whole way through as soon as all this stuff starts. And it's quite um, like touching as well. At one point, she's asked, like, what do you want with this? You know, do you want money? Do you, do you want... This? She, she, she just says, I just want everybody to stop being arseholes. That's it. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, fucking right. So... On you, and I would I would definitely re- recommend this. It's I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Mm, sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, 
Well, definitely have to do that a wee bash, yeah. especially if it's Netflix, because mm-hmm. I've just been um, complaining a wee bit to a couple of people today saying that uh, Netflix has got pretty shit recently, uh, but not really too much kind of getting added to it. So mm-hmm. I was actually oh, they've just got, on that. They've just, they've just released um, loads of films for, for this month, uh, all the Shrek ones, and also... Uh, What's it called? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is now on Netflix. Mm. So there you go. And if uh, if anyone else that's listening, um, we've just had a load of kind of tweets or replies to a couple of our crusty third nipple tweets from a a few of the local lads and lasses about uh, different movies to watch. So if you are looking for something to have a wee look through, pop on our Twitter or Facebook page and hey, we read through some of the some of the some recommendations, of the recommendations from, yeah I'm really yeah, good get the conversation going yeah right, definitely. yeah thank you everyone and, for suggesting stuff right, and chuck some in there as well um, decent ones yeah, none of your shit <laughs> 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 yeah. both, both, both posts are pinned on Facebook and Twitter if you're looking for it right. um, will I go for my one right. um, right, it was I've watched, I've watched a few things uh, this week, but nothing that really greatly stood out. Um, well, the, the main one that stood out was uh, it was on BBC iPlayer. It's called Detroit. Um, it's, it's a fact-based drama set in the 1960, 60-odds, um, Detroit race riots. So the first thing that kind of caught is it's got John Boy, uh, Boyega, and Anthony Mackie, so he's Falcon, and John Bioga, Star Wars, and everything else that he's been kind of kicking about in. So I also got the guy from We Are The Millers. So remember the young boy that was in it, the young white the guy? Eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, the I see, I see the guy that sings yeah. uh, TLC Waterfalls. Yeah, Will yeah, yeah. yeah. A Will yeah, he's brilliant. He's funny, funny as fucking that. Um, and he's in this, and he's... Well, he's grew up. He's um, he plays one of the cops in this. So it's setting setting the Detroit race riots. Um, it kind of follows a couple of young kids that are um, starting their musical careers, if you like. Uh, they're they're called the Dramatics, and there's a few other different people. There's like a um, a, a black um army veteran that's just came back from Iraq and they've all kind of congregated into the Algier motel mm-hmm. and the riots are going on and everything's kind of kicking off. They've got just got the National Guard, uh, Guard deployed. So this is all, like I said, it's a factual based drama. So everything happened and um, what happened in Algier did actually happen and they've just had to kind of piece it together as best they could. So all these people got uh, got put in there. With the National Guard being outside, everybody was kind of stuck inside the hotel, and the National Guards were looking for snipers. And one of the guys that that's in the hotel, he pulls his, um, it's called the starter pistol gun, puts it out the window and fires it, and then that just brings the attention of the National Guard onto their um motel and the police and then Will Poulter and a couple other guys come in 
and they just kind of start arresting all the black people. There's like seven black guys and two white women, and they start calling them uh, hookers and all this type of stuff. But it's really good. It's kind of it gets built up really, really well. Um, John Boyega, yeah, always decent. Um, and a lot of kind of there's quite a few different actors that you've might have seen from The Wire and. Um, a few other different uh, good American I just noticed as well it's directed stores. by Catherine Bigelow she, yes. she did The Hot Locker and Zero Dark Thirty so um, yeah yeah you can totally see how, the way that she's kind of uh, got it going with mm-hmm. The Hot Locker how it's quite um, the camera is just kind of handheld and you can feel it kind of they're rushing about a wee bit uh-huh. um, it's quite dark but no yeah definitely good. A, a good one to go for Still, what you've been what about you recommending? Um, well, this week, just going back to probably Netflix uh, again, something that I probably put off watching for a while, and I thought I'll give it a go. Um, The Crown, okay, yeah, oh. it's again something I just thought I'll give it a go, see, see what good. I just recently finished the wrestling on Channel 4, which I would probably recommend more than with The Crown so far. Uh, if I was going to recommend anything if you've not seen the West Wing definitely want to go for uh, that's up on Channel 4 just now the complete box set but no so far so good for the come it's a bit different uh, it's one of the things where when you're used to watching sort of dramatised series like something like Game of Thrones or that whereas this is more factual based it takes a while to get used to where you're expecting to know he's going to do this or she's going to do that or this would happen but it's obviously not <laughs> like that <laughs> But I'll finish the first two seasons and I'm interested to see how it carries on. Yeah, it's funny you get all these uh, Tory cunts just now saying that it should carry a disclaimer that this is a work of fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Obviously, they have to fictionalise some of it, but there is a lot of that is is fact-based. It means it's there. It's it's all there in in the public domain for the film and and that's the reason for that. I've never went for the, those type of period dramas. Um, I tried that Bridgerton with um, Izzy, and I fell asleep at the first episode. And so that's I don't know. That's all, I've always just been kind of put off with that that type of yeah TV it's or film. It's such or, an it, audience it's just for it though. Definitely. Yeah, the stealth seems to be this type. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, whatever I heard of Bridgerton, I was just on Twitter. I was like, fans erupting over Bridgerton. I'm like, who? What? <laughs> What's the show? Yeah. Right, as he said, that I fell asleep, and then um, the next episode, just all the sex just starts happening in like, every episode. Like, oh, you I might go know. back and watch it. <laughs> it could be this year's Sex in the City. <laughs> Oh my God, Samantha! Right, okay, we'll move on to the triple threat quiz coming up next. So we're back with this episode's quiz. I am. Um, just putting myself up with the fire in line because uh, I don't want to go through the torture of trying to beat somebody on these quizzes. So <laughs> I, and also I wanted to have a kind of battle of the, the a, a big geek off here because Darren's won a fair few quizzes, absolutely spanked me the last two times. And 
uh, Stelp has said that he's no bad at the odd quiz as well. In uh, fact, he beat, he beat, uh, well, tell the story about how you um, beat your cheating flatmate. Oh, the, the, the funk story. Aye. <laughs> well, when I, but, but probably 10, 10 plus years ago when I, when I was with, with Frank, um, we used to have a nightly sort of routine where we'd both finish work at the same time, come home, Pointless would be on on BBC One. So we're kind of, that was a regular thing where we'll put Pointless on, cup of tea, and we'll just do these quiz against each other, see how we got on. Um, invariably, if it's something to braggadocious, I would beat Frank, which, as you're aware of, with Frank, he's not the best um, loser when it comes to certain competitive things. So one night, unbeknownst to me, um, Frank had actually taken an episode and put this episode on, having already watched it and noted the answers. So went through the episode as normal. At the end of the episode, I won again. Frank was a human. <laughs> I didn't know why he was at the bridge. And so I'd have that be fair in my cap yet. I've beat him on a quiz with the other new dancers. It was, was quite funny. <laughs> oh, that's for you. Get. Oh, I see you get, yeah, exactly. That actually, that actually reminds me of our last quiz where Tarek I don't think we've put this on the air but the, the questions yeah. Tarek gave me the movie quotes are word for word the same ones that he gave me about six months earlier as part of the Zoom quiz craze and I still fucking got six out of it <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that though because it's just like you know it's you you know you're, you're still the same guy you're just still the same memories yeah the same <laughs> I remember now he said like oh I've got an idea and then that was probably his idea. Worked it well. I got spanked. So yes. I'm going to kind of go with the same uh, format in terms of its quotes, but slightly different. We're going to have three quotes uh, from like classic movies, and you're going to have to tell me which movie they come from. Three quotes from Simpsons episodes, and you're going to have to tell me which character said it. And then three quotes from the Back to the Future trilogy, and you're going to have to tell me which one. So one, two, or three. Part one, part two, part three. And with and then we'll have a wild card number uh, question, which could split uh, any sort of tie breaks. So we'll put the, the guest in the firing line first. Okay. So, stealth. Let's see. Let's see how good you are. So, uh, the movies one, classic movie. So it's Carpe DM. Seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. No. No. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How, we've not said how we're going to do this in terms of when we read the answers or whatever. Or what. Mm. You can keep uh, note of the answers and then you could say in third place. Right, okay. Then. But I kind of like Tarek was nodding there. I, I kind of like <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should give bonus points if, if either of you could Oh let's go for an answer. Let's call it a When it gets to this point, I, I also know this as well. So. Right, okay, right, okay. I, I won't then, right. Oh then Dan, me and you'll have a game of audio audio again. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next question. Right, next one. <laughs> it should take you exactly four seconds to cross from here to that door. I'll give you two. Yes. 
It should take you exactly four seconds to cross from here. I'll give you two. Set myself on the phone, isn't it? Um, yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah, I actually had a camp on clock in the goal. Oh, that's just not exceptional. Nah. No. No. Okay. Number three, there's no crying in baseball. Nah. I'll leave it on. Right. Uh, so that's uh, obviously one out of three so far. Uh, the answers to the other two are Carpe DM is Dead Poets Society. And the, it should take you exactly four seconds to cross from here to that door. I'll give you two. Anybody else? I'm Dirty Harry. No. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay, yeah, on to the Simpsons stealth. Okay. Shoplifting is a victimless crime, like punching someone in the dark. So who said that? Homer? Nope. Nick Blunt, I've said it before and I'll say it again, democracy simply doesn't work. I just She's watching us something, I think. Lisa? Nope. Uh, okay, next one. Go out on a Tuesday. Who am I? Uh, sorry. Go out on a Tuesday. Who am I? Charlie Sheen? Homer. Sorry, mate. Uh, shoplifting is a victimless crime like punching someone in the dark. Anybody? Abu? Nelson Muntz. So I just thought like the, the, the yeah. bully, isn't he? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Democracy sim- simply doesn't work. Is that Sideshow Bob? Kent Brockman. Kent Brockman. Who was it? Kent the news anchor. Yeah. And go on a Tuesday. Who am I? Charlie Sheen is Marge. Wow. Ah. We'll, never, we'll never get Marge for that one. Okay. So, Stealth. Uh, you, need, so you need to rack some up here. So I'm back to yourself. You look like Marge upside down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I'll give you three quotes here. You tell me one, two, or three, okay? Right. Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anything. Don't do anything. Don't end up interact with anyone and try not to look at anything. That'll be three. No, so, two. Mm. Uh, I'll give you one chance I'll give you one chance uh, one more three three three. okay so you're my great grandfather the first McFly born in America and you peed on me ah that's three as well actually and Jesus didn't that guy ever have hair Uh, one you you got two of them correct you got uh, first one was on. Yeah, first one is from number two. See, that's what confused me because he says, didn't touch it and didn't do anything, but he's going to the future, so it won't affect it. But there is yeah. there is something, he does say something similar on one as well, does he? So, uh, what, uh, this is the wild card, right? And whoever's closest to this in the event of a tie will win it. Okay. So, what number rated film is Back to the Future on IMDb? Oh. 
14. 14, okay. Right, so that is a score of three and uh, a guess of 14 for the last one. Okay. Right, Tarek, you're up. Moody's. Oh, stretches. Moody's. Well, I've got to say her elbow, I need to, uh, knee, I need to stretch Oh, you've got to say her knee, yeah. Fucking hell, I need to get that in there, did I? <laughs> if you've not seen it on my run, keep it. <laughs> or if you've not heard about it, everything you've seen him. Uh, <laughs> how's your knee after your fall? <laughs> Fine. Like Just in case MD, uh, uh, went and met Kieran at the skate park with the kids. Kieran thought he'd be a chucked lad, grabbed his daughter's scooter, Oh, seeing all these young boys doing big big jumps and alley-oops and whoop-de-loops or whatever the fuck you're wanting to call them um, went down went down the ramp and then he just went down like a ton of fucking bricks and rolled and <laughs> 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 rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled so I've got to prove it <laughs> <laughs> right movies Tarek. Right, let's go for it. You had me at hello. Oh, Jerry Maguire. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bun. A bum, sorry. <laughs> Which is what I am. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. Which is what I am. Pretty women. Nope. Anybody? Well, no. uh, Rage and Bill? No. Yeah, I was going to say no. that. Yeah. On, the, on the waterfront. Oh, that's Man and Brown, yeah. isn't it? Ah. Oh, uh, and I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It's... Oh, is it Putin? No, no, no. Ah, uh, fuck. In fact, uh, just had a no. quick check for Rage and Bill, I think they paraphrased that speech. Maybe. Ah. Yeah. But it's from um, on the waterfront. Uh, so, yeah, Tarek, sorry. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What's your guess? I, I fucking. It's got Marlon Brando in it as well. Mm. Um, Char- Charlie Sheen. Ah, what the fuck is the name? What <sighs> can I pass? Come back to it. Um, no. Does <laughs> it tell the story about you falling? You dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, not the falling, the rolling. The rolling. That's the rolling. Shit, shit, just go with Putin. Fuck, I can't, it's wrong. Anybody else? Still? Uh, well, I'm good, that's a new thing. Oh, I was going to say Apocalypse now. Right. Yeah. Ah, yeah, baby. Ah. <laughs> okay. Simpsons. Right. Uh, hi, everybody. Krusty. Nope. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, right. Cool. That was a given to you. I thought that would do. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, that's a given. <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Next one. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. 
Mm. Is that from the movie? No, that's not from the movie. Nelson, maybe? When Lisa's the pre- president? No. Go, go with Nelson. Nah, incorrect. Anybody? It's Grandpa uh, Simpson. Simpson. Ah. Grandpa? Grandpa says that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and bake him away, toys. <laughs> Chief. Chief. Wiggum. Ah, I was going to give you a uh, uh, chief wiggum. Uh, that's uh, correct. I should have just stopped at a chief. Uh. <laughs> I just keep going wig, wig, wig. Wig, 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 Marty, you're going to have to do something about those clothes. You walk around town dressed like that, you're liable to get shot. One, two, or three? Two. Uh, Jennifer, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, you're in a time machine. One, two, or three? Two. And... If my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. One. Okay, so you got two correct there. The first one is from number three. Oh, fuck. Okay, so you are on four, which puts you ahead of stealth, but give me your back to the Where's future <laughs> IMDB rating. Oh, yes. right, right. What did you say, stealth? 14. I said 14. Oh, 40, no, I think it's I think it's further down than that. I know. I put probably um, thinking that now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon maybe a 32. Okay. Oh, 32. Strike does four to beat. Okay. Right, movie quiz. In zone. Right. You talking to me? Uh, taxi driver. Right. A boy's best friend is his mother. Psycho. Right. These go to a living. Oh. Is that, oh, what's it called? Spiral Tap? Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that because the wrestling move named that. That's the only way I can keep a hold of Really? Oh, because I, I didn't think you'd seen this. That's why I put it in. And you, well, I know the quote. Yeah, it goes up to love it. <laughs> well, that'd be a tricky one that everybody else would know. But okay. <coughs> uh, yeah. Look, you're going to ace this. Simpsons. There's only one fat guy that brings us presents, and his name ain't Santa. Uh, Bart. This right. first episode. What was it? Uh, I, th- I think so anyway because this is the Christmas one Oh Loneliness and Cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix Ah Homer why not Nah anybody nah. Comic book guy um, That makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. Oh won't oh, somebody my. please think of the children Oh uh, Mrs Lovejoy Yeah correct Yeah 
fuck? God, name. I just know this. this. So, with the wrong name. <laughs> got our name. <laughs> nah, nah, he's not got a Kim. He's not got. Um, can't no, there's no point in giving him the back to future questions. He's only one. You know what? Nah, give me it, Dad. Give me it, Dad. So, right, okay. So, Steph went 14, Tarek went 32. I'm going to go 33. Like you've been oh, you so. Price is right. <laughs> Play like Price is right. It's slightly it's, it's 37. Yes! Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Do you want your back to the challenge anyway? Just throw that in. Yeah, yeah, why not? We'll do right, it. Okay. Fastest finger first. <laughs> right, back to the future. Oh, this is heavy, Doc. I mean, it's like I was here just yesterday. You were here yesterday, Mari. Is that two? Correct. I don't know. Yeah. Remember where you're going, there are no roads. Two again, yes, because it's not. Well, he says something different in the first one. Where are you going? You don't need roads, so I'm guessing that was two, maybe three. I'll say two. It's three. Three, yeah. Three, yeah. Whoa, wait a minute, Doc. Are you tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's number one. Yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> so I picked the last dice. Keeps, yeah. keeps, keeps the crusty credentials up there. Well done. <laughs> Stealth, the quiz master. <laughs> kind of fell, fell apart under the pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can, he gets zen like... What is he? Stealth? Stealth, yeah. so you can rewind it and then uh, do the questions again. And then and we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then still lose. Do it, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well done, Daz. We'll go on to mm-hmm. Back to Thank the Future. You. Well done, Daz. That's it. We're here and ready to start chatting about Back to the Future. It was a absolute smash hit uh, back in nineteen eighty-five. The fourth of December was when it was released in the uh, UK. So it was, uh, yeah, it was huge in America. And back in nineteen eighty-five, they were getting their films released a lot about six months before us. Um, but we were we were doing quite well. So um, when it got released in the UK, number one in America was Rocky IV, which was an absolute blinder of a film. All-timer, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, for our number one in the UK, we've got I'm Your Man by Wham!, so stealth because you're the special guest, you get to give a wee blast of that one if you like. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, a wee bit of Baby, I'm your man. I'm your man. But that. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Made me tingle there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one. This is so the way, what, this is becoming like uh, only connect. Well, <laughs> the host gets yeah. the guest to sing songs. <laughs> <laughs> Dance, monkey boy, dance. <laughs> so this weekend, I mean, oh, it was a good time for one Spielberg and uh, two just for any movie goers. Fourth um, of December, nineteen eighty-five. Our number one was the Santa Claus, which we've discussed. Or Kieran had as Brilliant. his number one Santa Claus movie. So that was Santa number ever. one. 
Uh, and number two in the UK box office was The Goonies. Right, yeah. And then those two oh. got dethroned by Back to the Future. So one, two, and three. I mean, look at that. That's a lineup and a half of blinding movies. Don't make another use there. It's a glorious <laughs> the, time. No, oh, glad I was only one in a month old <laughs> when these came out. No, I was just there to um, get a quick idea of where everybody was with watching the movie. Oh, yeah. um, so I've I've loved Back to the Future for a good three decades um, or whenever I first watched it and I've, I've like we mentioned at the tail end of the last podcast I love all three of the movies I think you can't do one without continuing on and moving on to the next two so I've tried my best to get my daughter to watch this to kind of move her on to bring her an amazing film and get her into this massive trilogy which gets referenced constantly you see it all over the place so that's mm. that's where I was wanting to kind of go back and watch it, which proved a bit more difficult to get her to sit down and watch a film. Um, but yeah, I managed to, managed to watch it. And it's, I think it's still kept the test of time for me. It's, it's done really well. Um, what about you guys? Where are you when you kind of watched it and how many times have you re-watched it or darn, watched the second and third one again? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of grew up with this film. It's it's really good. Um, uh, listeners will know my views on this, the second, third one. I don't think they they stand up as well, especially the third one. But the first one, untouchable. So yeah, I've watched it so many times. But yeah, it's always it's always an adventure. There's always a, a playing with the emotions, or there's always like some some tension that it gets built up and it's paid off, or you know, there's always uh, a, a danger task for you know it's always it's always going somewhere so yeah it's great yeah. stealth how did you uh, well <laughs> well um, I spoke to Kieran um, about sort of some of the films you've done I'd say a lot of them were sort of 2010-ish so but yeah. which we might go a bit nostalgic a bit nostalgic a bit retro first film that came to mind was Back to the Future uh, it was a film that I grew up with I remember going to the cinema to see the second and third um, films when I was little, and then sort of like Dam, like Dam grew up with through the years, sort of watch every so often. And then having kids now, uh, my youngest Monroe is five now, and for the last two years has religiously watched this film. I must see at least the first one five, six times a month. The second and third one's probably just as often as well. It's just a film he's latched on to. He loves everything about it. He's got the toys, he's got action figures, T-shirts, you name it, he's got it. It's the sort of his obsession. So, yeah, to see that as well and something I've got with was just fantastic. Speaking of Back to the Future T-shirt stuff, what you got on? I, I'm, rock, I'm, I'm rocking my... One, one of my Back to the Future T-shirts that was a Father's Day present uh, a couple of years ago, as you can see right there. Very proud of that. I'm going to see that again. <laughs> Are you taking a picture of your screen? <laughs> right on the Facebook. <laughs> I've, I've, probably seen, shot. I've probably seen this less times than your burns, Stealth. In fact, it's definitely true. <laughs> uh, 
seen a few until until I'd kind of caught up with uh, for this. I couldn't really tell you what, <laughs> too much what happens in it. I've seen the second one a couple of times recently, and it's kind of weird because I feel like I've seen the first one because of that. You know the references with the the skateboard mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. and all that sort of shit. Like I know that that's referencing the first film. There's loads of it, and I'm like, wow, I kind of feel like I've seen it. But um, yeah, loads of the plot points are just like I'm, it was kind of discovering again for um felt like the first time so okay it's good um kind of getting up to date with all the references i've seen in countless other tv shows over the years so i i don't know the film inside out but stone cold classic as i've said yeah mm-hmm. i think i think there's it's not the perfect film it's not by it's not a perfect trilogy by any steps of imagination but to, to me as a trilogy the way it's planned out and sort of structured and overall arc of it, I think it's as close to a perfect trilogy as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one thing that I love about it is because because there's so many the references that just brings you right back to it. It's a good thing and a bad thing because it could be once you've seen the first one, then you kind of you know exactly what's going to be happening in the second one. You've got that aspect of it, but then you've also got the aspect of um, the story is still story storyline strong enough for it to have just those little in jokes between each film. Um, so you can see it, you can see it two ways that it's kind of the same type of film that's constantly bringing up the same type of jokes and references, or it's just a well written trilogy which kind of brings everything full circle all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to think of it as a lot just a shit-hot trilogy that you need to you need to have in yeah. your life at some point. Me, me and Steph were talking off-air about how did Marty meet Doc because I that's one of the plot points I was kind of looking forward to finding out. But mm-hmm. I, was, I was actually quite disappointed when pretty much the very first scene is, is him, uh, Marty, going into Doc's house and shouting up, Doc, you know, where are you? I'm like, oh fuck, they already know each other. <laughs> but that's no that's no that's not when he first meets him. Well, tell me. So he first meets him in nineteen eighty five. So I was thinking about that as well. Um when I was this watching it. No, no, Keem's going about to start the film. Um, so uh, in fifty five even. Uh so I was I was thinking that <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about the relationship with Doc and Marty. Oh, why is why is that so so kind of needed and why why is an old guy palling about with this young boy um but because marty has went back in time mm-hmm. met doc where in 1955 and said you're going to make a time machine and then fucks off a couple of weeks later even through the whole trilogies or a month later then doc i reckon has got to build that relationship with Marty to make sure that he knows that he's going to have that uh, build that time machine so because well, I, he's because he's went back to that de- that time frame Doc's now need, needing no. to have that relationship with Marty so he potentially could be forcing it no I I, I disagree no. with that because yeah that's in a that's in a different timeline Tarek that's in the, still in the timeline where his dad's getting bullied and everything like that like they but, but him going back that creates a whole new different timeline. So in the I, original timeline, 
he didn't go back. So they've they've met before the movie starts, but so him going back in time creates a whole different new universe. Because well, you don't know if that's the only no, timeline. That's right, Darren's right. Darren's right. Because Doc's been Doc's been doing a lot of different time hopping throughout the years as well. well now you're getting into like so there's, Rick and so Morty where different every different episode yeah. could be a different universe <laughs> or whatever. Can I clear that, up for yeah. you? Yeah, go for it. Right, on you. Because was I mentioned this as well. I think I think Tally, I see where you're coming from, but I think you're you're probably going into the time travel mechanics a bit too much. So right? see, the film does sort of take a simplistic view of time travel, but at some point. Marty has to meet Doc first of all before he added time travel stuff can happen. And it is actually there is there was a comic created for to create to let you know what happened. And essentially it was Marty had broken into Doc's lab one day and Doc discovered him and made Marty work off the debt by helping him run the lab and form the friendship from from that. And then obviously that's when the start of the film kicks off and everything happens from there. But again, they don't really get into the whole alternative timelines and split the out and stuff until the second one the first one is sort of a very simplistic time travel it's, it's simplistic and, and it's kind of probably the better because oh. like you can get pretty complicated in these things but there has to have been a time where they didn't meet in 55 to set this in motion yeah. do you know what I mean they, they could yeah. have always yeah. first met yeah. there have been a time before the time machine was invented and then but that's the start of the film isn't it that's the start of part one time machine time machine, time machine uh, hasn't been invented yet or hasn't been tested yet and for the first time this is you know this has been tested and then all this shit kicks in anyway that okay <laughs> this is going to be tough if we Simplistic time, like, like time travel things, but we're not too complicated. We'll just stick to the time travel. travel's no simplistic. I don't mean. I, I, I know it isn't, but in this film, it is, and they're doing it trying to yeah, 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 yeah. help yeah. it somewhat. If my five year old comes to stand in them, we're being fine. That's what makes it so accessible and such a classic, is they don't have a, like, they, they do explain things in, in the movie, but they're doing very plain English and stuff like that. Like, okay, so. Yeah, you know, we gotta do this. Okay, so we, we don't have the plutonium, but there's lightning, so that'll help that'll work instead. Yeah. So it's yeah. not uh-huh. we need to convert this energy into this and they've got to do this and go with that. It's like no no the lightning will work. It's very That's visual. It. Yeah. The lightning. Yeah. 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 Even, even the whole the butterfly effect thing of like him going back in time and effect the way stopping his parents getting together. So that is there hmm. where the he's changed on the past will affect the future. But again, when you go to the very end of the film, spoilers in case you're not for the one person in the world that's not seen it, that when he wakes up, he's in the same house, his brother and sister are still there, certain things are the same, but obviously a lot's changed. Whereas, yeah, if that was real, then there'd been a hell of a lot of things changed. He'd be a completely different person, everything would be different to him. So, you see, yeah. kind of sort of, uh, for, for storytelling purposes, they leave some things out. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of setup in this movie, and one of them is like the you know Lorraine telling about the first time uh, her and George met, which is when George falls out the tree and gets hit by her dad, uh, dad's car. And so when you see that happening, but oh no, it's Marty, you're already putting the pieces together before it's even been said. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's like, oh wait, if George didn't get hit by it, then you know. It, the first time gets messed up and Marty's taking his like even before you even have to say it or like or show it like Lorraine meeting Marty you're already thinking it like because it's been told to you before so it's very smart how they set it all up mm-hmm. all right. 
I, I even like see see the first scene where it's kind of panning across all the clocks. There's yeah. one clock where you've got a guy dangling from a clock tower. Oh, and it just kind of, okay, we just yeah, picked that up there. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at that. That's fucking <laughs> pretty decent. I like, I like these little... All, I mean, that's the thing. I've, I've seen it that many times and these little things that you can still pick up on. Spielberg that's, at his finest. Well, that, that, that's the one thing that I, I love about the trilogy. Say, the, the, the small things that you pick up, the, the, the sort of foreshadowing things, setting things up, the wee things that change... Like the first film, it's, it's at the start. It's called the Twin Pines Mall. And when Matt escapes the barn, he runs down one number, and then it's the One Pines Mall. It's the wee things like that that you might not notice the first time, yeah. but second, third, fourth viewing, and then second and third one are exactly the same. They set things up, they're mentioned, and then they pay off and done the line. That's why I think, yeah, it just all all flows nicely across the not just the one film, but across the three of them. Right, so wow. the, the film starts in obviously set in 1985. So it's set then as well, isn't it? So it came out then. It's set then. Pretty much. Yeah, well, makes yeah. sense. Aye, no, pretty much. Uh, one, actually. Mary McFly, teenager living in Hill Valley, California. Uh, you see the dad, he's kind of cowardly dad, George, bullied by his supervisor, Biff Tannen. His mum, Lorraine, is you know, like an alcoholic. His siblings are in you know, the social failures, really, than really aspiring to be much. Yeah. Uh, he wants to be in a band, but he's rejected for a, a music contest by four of the, the people that you'd probably least want to judge a fucking rock and roll concert. <laughs> uh, he, he's you say that, but um, in the mm-hmm. uh, trivia, sorry to put you off, oh, apparently, okay. you know, uh, the Huey Lewis in the news has been playing throughout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to IMDb trivia, that Huey Lewis is the guy saying that their music's too loud. Is he sort of like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. what I go in. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, he's parodying the people that would hate his music. <laughs> yeah. And he confines in his girlfriend, Jennifer Parker, about fears of becoming like his parents despite his ambitions. There's a line like the fear of rejection and don't want people to say that your stuff's bad and all that sort of thing. Mm. So, see, no. like, mm. They've met in the in the, the parking mall lot and uh, he shows on the time machine built from modified De- DeLorean uh, and he says, oh, I need more plutonium because how am I going to get back? I take it he gets shot before he never he, before he manages to kind of put some reserve into the, the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He never yeah. quite makes it yeah. and this is why he's, mm-hmm. when he does move. And the, the fact that it's 55... November 5th, 1955 was kind of just a, well, almost a coincidence because he was just saying, this is an example of a time you can go to and mm. that's the last one that you'd happen to have put in and that's where Marty ends up going when he's... Because that's a date that meant a lot dates. to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. But a quick note on the DeLorean, but um, writers Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis actually received a fan letter from John DeLorean after the film's release, thanking them for immortalizing his car. So there's a lot of gratitude shown after you make your car one of the most famous things in, in film history. Yeah. You know? But everyone wanted the DeLorean after seeing this. Eh? I, think, I think that was, that was the one just to say, I think the choose an iconic car, something that was famous and sort of everyone had it, wouldn't have been the same thing where there's the door and being the sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, story that it was and this, the failure that it was it sort of made it something else and rolled it into something else completely well it was funny because it, was, it wasn't was actually meant to be a car originally they were going to do um, a fridge I believe because the original uh, contract for how, how we're going to transport but then they were worried about kids 
get into fudges to play about sort of time travel. Oh, yeah, God, so yeah. Then there was a fudge, but obviously, yeah, the, the mums and dads would kick up with that, so they had to change it. The kids can jump into a mum and dad's car, and that's safer. <laughs> yeah, just take this. Well, that's, that's on the parents at that point. You know, a fridge is accessible, <laughs> but. Mm. <laughs> true, true. I like the line from uh, Lorraine's dad as well when he says, you know, um, of of uh, George McFly getting knocked over. What were you doing? No, was it was it even her dad? But yeah, somebody says to George, "What were you doing when uh, you, when you got run over? When you're bird watching?" <laughs> it turns out he was yeah. the kind of bird that you necessarily <laughs> think of it. <laughs> and there's another yeah. good line at that at that yeah. point where um, the guy the dad hits him, and he says, "Oh." I've just hurt one of those, uh, another one of those damn kids. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a common thing. Constantly hitting these kids. Fuck yeah! On you go. Just keep hitting the kids in the street. Yeah, he gives a dollar <laughs> right along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I did like all like the little lines that gave me a chuckle. Was like, um, like uh, Lorraine's dad's like. Oh, I hope you never have a kid like him or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Those little lines that just reference the what's actually going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when, the, one of the funniest bit is because they have an uncle who's a, a jailbird, and so Marty sees him as a kid in a in a crib. He goes up to him and just mugs him off by saying, "Well, you better get used to these bars, kid." <laughs> <laughs> Which is completely unnecessary, but he just bugs off a baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's all the way through. All the you're way not through really, the you're not really sure how much time he's really spent with this Joey because it's like, oh, he's not getting up again. He's not getting up again. So you're kind of thinking that it's maybe all he's known is for his Uncle Joey to be a jailer. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it's just the setup after setup. Throughout this movie, just every single line just seems to be something else that's just the way it happened in the future, or what's just referencing to different people throughout the Marty's history, which is it's really well written in that way. What do you think of that about um, Marty meeting his mum in that whole will they, won't they? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very weird. It's super and weird. it's very eighties, and you can you can write that today. But I'm sure it was it was innocent because of like this is this is what his dad like did, and it was the path they're on. But now he's back; he's messing all up. But then you get into the reality of the situation. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, know. I mean? uh, and you sort so of many levels. I like that. <laughs> you sort of don't. Yeah, you sort of don't want to think about this too much, do you? You just kind of want to, on a surface level, this is part of the plot. Just don't worry. Yeah, just kind of look look past that. Because if you do, man, this whole Oedipus thing is just fucking nuts. <laughs> and and I said to you, like, because uh, we watched it on Sky, and there's like a rating for like positive role models in the film. Yeah. And it's like it was like four or five stars. I'm like, did it like uh, I was like, did they, they remember the plan? Like later on in the movie, Marty's gonna. Like uh, <laughs> putting the moves on, on his mum against her will. Against her will, and yeah. For his, yeah, it's like, how is he a positive role model when he's throwing around <laughs> ideas like this? Yeah. But, yeah. 
what do you guys think of that then, Stealth? No, yeah, it's, it's def- definitely of, of, of a time. It's, it's definitely like a sort of an yeah. 80s feel to that, where it was a bit... I say when you watch it when you're younger, you didn't really understand the connotations of it. It's something you sort of realise as you get older, watch it again, and that's when you sort of feel, yeah, that's that was maybe a bit, a bit untoward that. When maybe sort of changed that up somewhat. But again, it's there. It's part of the film now. Are you, expect, uh, are you expecting take- any, like... Awkward questions for the kids once they start. No, no I, th- I think they'll pretty much be like kind of the same as me, where again, they'll become of an age where they'll realise what it is, but it's not going to take too much away from the film overall. I've seen the it's, film that it? much that. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. It's, 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 it's not because again, they, they have one moment where she tries to kiss him and instantly she goes, oh, this is weird. And mm. it's not, I think more of it, it's not weird. She just, she, she, she fancies him as such. Again, it's a. It's a new guy in town. It's, it's an outside it's about like new guy in school. Seems he's different from everybody else, and that's that's the way I've always kind of looked at it. Which is got to be crush on him, and then just kiss him. It's just it's not. It's over quite quickly, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, moves, it's, it's, it moves quite quickly to the next person who happens to be uh, uh, George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. In the eighties, I mean, it's really weird to have that type of relationship in a movie where well, most of the eighties films they've got. A, just a stunning female actress, which is going to be everybody sought after. But then they chuck in this mother-son relationship in there to then make it weird as fuck. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got Dirty Dancing and all this type of movies that are kicking about. And a lot of the movies have got to have that heart, the, the one actress that they're going to want. The guys go to the cinema to... A door over. Definitely. So that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, so, so what, what I said, what I said to Keen earlier was um, something you noticed about well, this film and other films is although Marty's one main character, like, it's, it's not Marty's story. Like the first one's George's story. Marty's essentially the cog in the, the, the cog in the works. He's sort of mm. messed things up for them. Uh. So he's essentially, he's us watching it and trying to fix things for his parents and he's sort of ended up in the middle of it. And then obviously the, the second film becomes this film, the third film becomes Doc's film. So again, Matt is, is essentially, he's here for everything, but he's not our main character. He's just along for the ride with us. And, the thing, and, and, and it shows in this one where he's trying his best to make up for the mistake he's made and he kind of makes it worse at points and essentially turns it down the end and makes it better. Uh, so we're at the point where Marty kind of goes for tracks down a younger Doc and convinces him that he's from the future and, and that he's made the time machine and so on. Um, obviously, by this point, he's he's did what he shouldn't have done is, is in an, in a, interfered with like current events. But um, yeah, I, 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 options at that point is one person will yeah. help him. So yeah, I quite liked Marty's sort of. Uh, moral compass here, and that, that these are the rules, and you, you must not fuck up. Not not Marty the Doc, sorry. Uh, mm. You know these are the rules. You, can, you can't really fuck about with people's timelines and and everything like that. Mm. Even to the point where he was like, I, I, I don't care, even if like it's going to be result in a bad thing. Uh, don't tell me, don't tell me about the future. Don't tell me, I'd rather not know. You're yeah. upset. Obviously, later on, he, he he kind of because I think his relationship with Marty. Gets to a stage where he's like, "Well, I, I kind of better trust this guy because I really like him, and he's he's always trust trying to him tell more me than something. anything." Yeah, yeah. But initially, it's like, and that that sort of mantra, he sticks with it. So I quite like that. 
the, the fun one with doctors is that they lay down the rules nice and early, and it's like this is this is this is our what we're doing with the time travel. This is the rules we've got. This is what we're going to stick to. I said for somebody who's just invented time travel, as Doc has, it'd be quite easy for them to say, right, you could just go nuts and do what he wants. But straight away, he's got to think of, no, I'm a scientist, we're going to do it properly, we'll have to establish these rules at the start. And I said that, and that works through the film and essentially the, the trilogy. So I like that part of it where I said the rules are established early and they're stuck to for, for the most part. See how he does, though, mention that he might bet and win loads of money on the, the Baseball World Series. Does, does he fall through with any of that? Does he take advantage well, of. That's no, I don't think he does. Of the, oh. That's the plot of the second one. That's how Biff gets so rich. Mm-hmm. Because he goes in the future and gets all the record books of all the games mm-hmm. and tells his younger self to bet on all of them. So he does, yeah. So, so I don't know if they had that planned when that line was written, but like that's what ends up happening with, with Biff. So someone has that uh, idea. So Which you would, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Oh, oh, massively. It's the first thing I'd be doing. <laughs> I, I think they would actually just ban you at a certain point. You know I mean, what I mean? Say, like if you, oh, yeah. Like bookies and stuff, they're just not like you in. You mean to say, Tari, you wouldn't go back and try and get it off your mum now? <laughs> I knew that was going to be that <laughs> I was going. I was thinking, should I say it to you, da- uh, Kieran, Darn, or Stel? Oh, I was going to get that Stel. Okay, you want to... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it to the punch. <laughs> oh definitely no I wouldn't be doing that here to answer your question <laughs> but I, I thought the exact same where uh, when that line got chucked out there that he was going to go back and do his well make yourself rich oh why wouldn't you he, if I, yeah I know I know we're going for the simplistic look of the timeline but I still think that there could be rules bent left, right and centre for the pair of them. Uh, you're not really altering anything there. You're not changing the course of history. Mm. You're just predicting it. Bit. Leaving, a, uh, leaving a betting slip where, yeah. <laughs> by the blind. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's what you, you do with it because Biff and his evil intentions uses that to like grab power and they become like a, like a Trump-esque tycoon. Yeah, essentially you call well, Trump, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before he was president, before, so they don't, it's not political to say that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, if you were just to get rich and just live in the Bahamas or something like that, I'd do that change much, but mm-hmm. it's not that kind of mm. guy. Yeah, no, I suppose, yeah, there, there's always consequences. Because, yeah, what you do with that money, I suppose, yeah. Uh, well, stealth earlier you said that the thing's quite visual in its consequences and stuff like that and like none really more so than the picture the photograph that he's he's got of him and his brother and sister which he disappeared the more or less that or come back the more or less that his mum and dad sort of trying to get it on what a strange what a strange um, like concept as well eh? like everybody knows like they grow up you find out about the birds and the bees and you kind of try and pretend that your mum and dad didn't and everything like that, right? But his whole like, <laughs> I really need to get, get it on here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's, it's framed in the it's framed in the true love way. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's all fairy tale and and sunshine. It's not, you know, it's uh, <laughs> graphic. And again, it's still based on that. But, but this one specific moment in 1955, there's one kiss on, there's one dance for it, there's one time. 
And that's it. Yeah. 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 yeah, and if you get here, then I've never had a chance. Yeah. <laughs>
I mean, it's that much. I I was surprised at one point they didn't use Pepsi to kind of power the DeLorean because. <laughs> it's just, it's just like you just go through the rubbish at the end beer, of this movie, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aye, they yeah, use the yeah. beer on uh, in part two. But I can't. I can't well, I guess, 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 guess it was Budweiser uh, that they would. Have I guess it would be because uh, offensive to this. see your product in the trash. You know what I mean? Used as mm. rubbish. No, but so. Doesn't matter. I, mean, I wouldn't care if you're pulling in the, this among audience, and they're seeing that. Oh, if I put Budweiser in my car, it's going to make it. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the bar. Just drive eight to eight miles an hour down the down the Kingsway. Yeah, <laughs> hand the bud. But um, speaking of people, they kind of do that and stuff. Um, it's saying here that some of the people actually went to yeah. On October 26, 1985, a group of people showed up at the mall used to film the Twin Pines Mall location to see if Marty would arrive in the DeLorean. And of course, they're not. So they went to the scene where it becomes the Lone Pine Mall and they they want him to come in and save Doc from the whole shooting thing. So a group of people actually went and... But they didn't, obviously what didn't happen because a bunch movie. of fannies. <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows you how many people it was fettered by. Another one is um, uh, Jordan Akashi and Michael J. Fox said strangers will just call McFly, just show out him randomly. And the weirdest uh-huh. instance was that he was in a remote jungle in South Asian country, Bhutan. B-H-U-T-E-N. Bhutan, yeah. Shout out to, yeah, yeah, shout out to any listeners from there. Um, <laughs> a group of Buddhist monks passed him, and one of them looked at Fox and said, Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is madness. Fast to the future, big with monks. <laughs> it's such a shame of a, um, Michael J. Fox. Because I, I thought oh, I've always loved Michael J. Fox. He's done what was it Spin City, Spin City yeah. Channel Four, a uh, sitcom thing. Done that um, in the nineties, and I think that was the last thing that I, I really kind of seen him in. And but he was always a good actor. And then he got up with Parkinson. He's had quite a lot of other diseases as well, or um, broken legs and things like this. On the back of it, well, like that's some sort of minimal thing. Is that is that because is that, he's talking about. as a result of his his Parkinson's? Mm. He's just kind of fallen. In. No, no, I was I was um I can't remember. I think I seen it on an Oprah interview that he was getting done. Oh, it must have been Oprah. <laughs> yeah, the big Oaks. Right. Uh, can't wait till we get on on her sitcom or she's sitting down in um, sitcom. Got on her couch, <laughs> she's interviewing us on the Christy Third Nipple podcast. Oh, it's went so global. Um, yeah, I think, I think... <laughs> just, just on the, the, the topic of uh, Michael J. Fox, as, as you're raising there, uh, would be a trivia that he obviously wasn't the, the original Martin McFly, and then when they originally started the film, it was a different actor, and they filmed a good portion of the movie, and you can still see. Scenes where the original actor still in it. Oh really? And just thinking, yeah, it was uh, Eric Stoltz was uh, the original actor because they, they tried to get Michael J. Fox, but he was still filming Family Ties at the time. The sitcom was in, mm. in the eighties, so the, I think it was maybe three months worth of filming was done with Eric Stoltz in the role. 
and it just wasn't working out and then they went back to Michael J. Fox again and negotiated with the TV company to release him a film so for the whole production of this film basically he was filming Family Ties during the day and Back to the Future at night so he was working like 18 hour days for like 6 months to get this done right wow and so the scenes that are what just like cuts of people There's, who were speaking well, to the first actor yeah essentially there are scenes where I think where he's when he wakes up in his mum's bed that was some set where he's talking to her and, and certain scenes and that according to Thomas Wilson who plays Biff the scene in the diner where Marty punches him it's actually Eric Stoltz that punches him because right. they didn't film together so yeah there's certain scenes where the original like, just for, supposed to save money and it's already done yeah just, release the, the Stoltz scene. cut yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just uh, done a quick Google search there, uh, Alex uh, Schultz, and the first couple of images is him standing next to a dock, uh, looking at a watch on the street with no a lightning away a strike. <laughs> I mean, that must so be I, I, I couldn't life of an actor, Jesus. but fucking hell, what a fall, eh? Oh. Jesus. <laughs> well, this close... To be in the most iconic, most iconic movies of all time. But again, yeah, that's some of the summers that we we kissed and Glover and and the second film, the uh, Kissman Glover played uh, George McFly because he never came back for the second film, but the character's mm. still there, and they used um, they basically used a lookalike and molded his face to look like Kissman Glover, and then that became uh-huh. a thing in Hollywood where he sued because they used his likeness without his um, say so, and that then became a, a sort of an actor law now. So that was, yeah. Ah, okay. Strange things. And that's the reason that Martin McFly ended up playing his own grandfather in the third one because obviously that was a bit random that he was playing Mark to his Lee Thompson who played his mother because obviously George mm. uh, McFly Carter wasn't back for that either. wonder why he didn't. Yeah. Just busy. Uh, well, apart, apparently he wasn't happy with he wasn't happy with the end of the first film. The, the producer said that he, he asked for the same amount of money as uh, Michael J. Fox which sounds a bit insane for him to ask for the same money as the star. But then he, Kristen Glover claims the reason he didn't come back was he was unhappy with the end of the film because he felt like that at the end of the film, Matty was rewarded with monetary um, rewards, but he got the truck, his mom and dad were rich and sort of well-to-do. Yeah. And he thought he thought that the right. overall reward should be been love rather than the money. So yes, yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. Mm. I mean, again, you could have had... To... What you're saying with Martin not being the main character, you could have said it's George and he gets the to be the more assertive man. You know, I think that's more the reward. I guess Martin gets a yeah. truck and you know, Biff's the law like goof, but I don't know. His dad's got confidence, and yeah, see what kind of push on <laughs> with his life a lot more. That is a lot weird, it's very, money, so that's... it's very family film for the 80s that they keep Biff around even though he tried to he tries, tries to yeah. rape Lorraine you know yeah. I say that to that that makes me feel weird but it's the it's the show the comeuppance I know yeah exactly yeah yeah and he's now worse than George ever was and you know I, I get that and it sets up, sets up the sequels because he doesn't want to be like that anymore but at, at the same but, time like like <laughs> Uh, Marty's dad ends up being a bit of a dick to Biff. Like, yeah. What's, uh, what's, what's what's the worst crime here? Like, nah, wait a minute. I'm thinking of that, is that a message of itself? Well, though, like, done. whenever you get to lord it over someone, you'll just for so long, though, you know, like, yeah. 
Because in, in a lot of this, in terms of like the length of time in this new timeline, he's a dick to him in high school. This happens at the, at the dance and he's no longer, he's got that pull over him. So like 30 years mm-hmm. later and he still does. Like, let it go. Let it go, man. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he's a bigger man. I, I agree. I could see, yeah, I can see his point. And you, you could have had the fact that the dad was more assertive, um, was more in love, was more affectionate. Uh, you know, had like happier kids or happier family life without oh. the money and without lording over Beth. Oh yeah, I can well, see that. You didn't you even easily done yeah. that. You don't really need Biff in the last couple of scenes, do you? Maybe if they yeah. drove past him and drove he was doing him. something. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, just yeah. just a kind of just a wee <laughs> a nod, glimpse, and you miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah just to, to, to kind of finish the story and all that. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does put a, more of a nastier taste of the character that he's actually no he's become a bully himself so uh, if you get yeah. confidence if, if you get if you get confidence you're going to be a bully <laughs> and, 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 and you're successful and because of that and successful because yeah mm. yeah so you yeah, can't be successful just... without without being a prick mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 of all evil <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go let's go back to the dance then so uh, his plan has worked to a certain extent because Biff's out the picture and um, he well he finds himself on the stage does he playing the guitar because he needs to play a song <coughs> to kiss again just just a, a weird uh, thing but um, let's let's go over that uh, so um, Darren, you asked me when we were watching it last night that uh, what's the, you weren't really sure of the significance of the call from, uh, I can't remember, somebody buried to his cousin Chuck, you know, in terms of... You, you, Marvin. Is, is it Marvin? Yeah. Marvin Berry. Yeah, you're looking for this new sound. What's this? Yeah, because Chuck Berry wrote that and formed that. Trying to be good, like one of the de facto classic uh, mm. rock and roll hits. And... Marty's kind of performing his ass off doing like <laughs> he kind of references Chuck Berry a wee bit of his guitar playing the way he's kind of shuffling right. along uh, he does Pete Townsend from The Who he does like windmills Jimi Hendrix playing behind the back ECDC playing on the floor probably a bit of Van Halen in there with the big fucking licks in the solos <laughs> it's, just, it's just 80s in a nutshell really and it, obviously he's like yeah, yeah. Um, and he's kicking the speakers and everything too early for this yeah. yeah, your kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll's just become a thing, and Marty's giving it the big old 80s feel and headbanging licks. Oh, I see, it just speaks to the 50s stick, stuck up in this as well that they just stand there and have no idea, they're just bewildered. Like, yeah, unless it's a slow jam where we're actually holding their girl close and saying, Love me tenders, love me do. <laughs> I think that's even a bit too <laughs> mid too past the fifties. Um it's all gotta be stiff neck stuff in the fifties. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have the bit in the middle to make to make the to make to make it make uh, sense, haven't you? You've got to have had the sixties and seventies to get that outlandish music. The fact that he's just sitting there just looking at the, looking at the um photograph, waiting on them, kinda getting getting their wee necky on the school dance to make sure that he's going to be 
alive in the future. Yeah, so it's so, all right. Job, job done. Job okay, done. Just, all that, all yeah. that there. On just, just since you raised the uh, well about the music, uh, mm-hmm. well, I've, I've not said it yet, but the theme tune. I mean, that's just the theme tune as a whole, or the score uh, as a whole for the film. That's yeah, it's iconic great. in itself. When I mean, you hear that that first that first bar coming, you, you know yeah. exactly what's coming, and it's just yeah. it's, it's, it's brilliant. But even that alone, I mean, the, the movie, the music running through the film, you go the eighties. And it's quintessential. It's Hugh Lewis. He's got a couple of songs yeah. in there, and then you go through the fifties, and then as I said, orchestral score itself. I mean, throughout that, it's just it, it hits every note. And anybody watching it from that fifties era, we're getting nostalgia. Any eighties will have that. Very whimsical, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck yeah. yeah! So we've got a job done there, and we're back at the what is it? Kind of like that, the courthouse, is it? Yeah, the, yeah, it's the main, it's the main square. Yeah, because uh, that square, I love, love how in each, um, each movie you've got his walk around the square, and you see, you see all the, like you mentioned, all the um advertisements and the same things that he sees each time that he kind of goes around. Well, somebody doing, somebody going, you see somebody walking on spring shoes, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> and then they're on rollerblades, and then they're on um. The uh, hoverboards, and sequel, hoverboards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then on the horseback uh, and and the third. Uh, mm. uh, so it's always good to kind of. I love I love that scene where he's kind of going through the square and you've and you're able to pick out little things from each movie mm-hmm. and go back and forth between them and that's 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 the the best place. That's the that's what Back to the Future is. That, the that's <clears throat> oh fucking yeah, mm-hmm. and the. Uh, Lightning bolt that's way fucking rain. <laughs> I get, I guess, quite ropey for a second there because, like, you've got a uh, doc literally hanging by a thread, you know, he's he's trouble yeah. ripping, he's, he's trying to hold on to the wire, and Marty's run out of fucking gas in the DeLorean. So what he just like headbutts the fucking steering wheel and it's fine again. <laughs> that seems to be how that one that, that, that was an 1855 club, I was switching off and on again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, right. and uh, I, I said to you because because the, the the initial wire doesn't work because the the fallen trees and stuff, so he has yeah. to rope his certain second mm-hmm. bit around the actual clock itself, the actual like the ticks, and I said I th- I wonder if that is what kind of you know does in the the clock this this time, you know, it makes it like kind of stop stop yeah this yeah mm-hmm. he's just kind of done that. Drives it even even worse, but yeah, um, I do love that in in the initial kind of work through the little di- um, diorama they have. Uh, Marty just kind of goes off into the <laughs> the car, just goes right into the the cinema and like, yeah. and like, oh no, how's that gonna happen in real life? But no, he, just, he crashes straight into it as well. There's no holding back. It's not like magically he's okay. He still, uh-huh. <laughs> it goes straight head first into the cinema. That was something that I picked up on the first season, uh, first time he goes um, traveling back in time. See when he's driving away from the, where are they from? The guys that are shooting him anyway. The uh, Libyans. 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 Aye. When you see him driving, he's driving right at a fucking house or a wee boat or a wee shack. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like he, where he could have went left or, or right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and he and apparently he didn't know that he's going to go back in time. 
So I was thinking, what, he doing what the for? fuck is he driving there? What, yeah, why yeah. the fuck are you driving in the fucking wee shop yeah. for, you wee prick? They're just a trashing, <laughs> trashing fucking new time machine. And you, <laughs> Kenny's, Kenny's just died, but I mean, you could have made some money here, mate. Get, get past these that, guys. Just, go, just drive at 87, 87 mile an hour away from these boys and you'll be, you'll be mm. golden. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Right. See another thing that kind of gets me with um, car chase scenes in general, right? Is uh, he says, um, "Well, let's see if you guys can could do 90 and then he seems to just like for the first time put his foot on the accelerator or something. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that whole thing about um, I mean, you're led to believe that at that point in time that car's going at its peak fastest, right? There's nothing else that this boy could do because he's giving it the face, yeah. he's gripping the steering wheel, and he's like, nah, suddenly I can go up a gear. Well, fucking do it then. Get, get there, get fast now, get like loads of films doing this. I'm not just going to go this film. But... Oh, no, it's MB film. But, uh, uh, the, the car that's chasing them is like a Volkswagen fucking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 what are they called? It's, it's a the camper van. Camper van. Yeah, that's it. That boy's not getting out of sixty. You see, you see the speedometer rising up rapidly. It's like, nah, he's gone. It definitely, it definitely kind of take the, the, the corners that the DeLorean can take as well. No, that's <laughs> It'll just roll, roll like near the skate park. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't give them a better car. Because was, was, was they, they had to set up the the, the gag with the, the spaceship when he crashes back into the the barn, and the wee boy's got his comic and it looks like a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. That was the only car available. No, but, no, but I'm on about the Libyan. I'm on about Libyans. the. Ah, uh, sorry. How, how could they know? Gave them a. Again, Batmobile or some short. They're short on money, right? They, they spent a lot of money getting the, the plutonium <laughs> and then Doc Brown with the And the rocket launcher was the name of my list. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. But yeah, one scene I felt is quite heartwarming. It's heart wrenching and heartwarming as he runs back to the Lone Pine Mall because the car's totaled because of the time travel again. And he gets there and he sees Doc Brown getting shot. And him himself doing the 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 old uh, <laughs> time travel for the first time, and he gets there and he's over his dead body and thinking, "Oh God, no! He didn't he didn't read my letter. He didn't read it. He's too stubborn. He's too set in his ways." But then he actually did. He he believed in him and he trusted him over the consequences of who knows what. But he, like Dobrin trusted Marty that much that. He'd go against his own kind of rules to read the letter, and um, of yeah, eventually save his life. So, but can you be in, imagine being in this new timeline area, Doc Brown, and throughout this whole time of knowing, Mary, you, you know you're about to get shot, and you can't tell him that you're you're actually going to be okay. You know what I mean? See to like maybe just annoy every one of you, but. He goes back 10 minutes earlier or something like that to time warn Doc, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, of, and, and, and Marty exists in this timeline. Because he's, yeah. he's, 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 is that presumably because yeah, he's yeah. not went back exactly the same time as, yeah. as he left? Because he saw him do the time travel, yeah. Yeah. And so in this timeline, that Marty should come back, shouldn't he not? Or does he go that back 
10 minutes earlier. What do you mean he just Well, Marty's... (laughs) The original Marty's there and he's seen like 10 minutes ago Marty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do his thing and then time travel away. But in that timeline, does he come... What I'm trying to say, again, I've probably seen too many of the Marty's. Right. Yeah, yeah. Are they, are they going to come back and interact again? Well, oh no, that that, 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 that then becomes place. that that will come no, to because then. then he's moving on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just didn't worry, but I just got yeah. on. Yeah, I think the first thing, obviously, that's kind of yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But maybe go back again. <laughs> Take give yourself another ten minutes. Yeah, is it? It's so much as. Yeah, because so, 
it's even like that. I had I had never seen Rick and Morty before, and I wasn't even that much aware of it. But then reading some book about the feature, and they mentioned that the creators did this as a sort of the original Rick and Morty cartoon before it became what it is now was even more of a tribute. It was sort of basically just a rip off of Back to the Future, and it's oh, sort of okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, th- I think I think that's really good. Right, we'll, we'll go on to then. Uh, well, unless you guys have got anything else to say, because I'm pretty much done with the plot. Um, Any other bits of trivia? There's there's theories of 43 if you want, but what I did stand out to me was that, um, see if I can find it again. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, Dog's distinctive hunched over look was developed because the filmmakers realized the extreme height difference between Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. Because Michael J. Fox is, it says here, uh, five foot four and a half. Uh, and Christopher Lloyd is six one, so they gotta keep they kind of keep their faces in the same screen at the same time, <clears throat> without like making the, like a height difference like a, like really really um, obvious. They use like specific blocking attempts where they stood really far apart, but they'd be close together, or he would have to look oh, like, an, like an elf. <laughs> yeah, or you'd have to hunch over and like so you could be face to face with. Michael oh, just like all, always kind of lean on on a computer desk or something. <laughs> yeah, the Tom Cruise that's thing. why he's always kind of hunched <laughs> over and like. <laughs> that's one that stood out to me. What Tom Cruise? That's why he just jumps on tables in that. Yeah, to make me just just to pick up on Dan, just to piggyback off of your your trivia there was uh, obviously Marty, well Michael J. Fox being a smaller actor. You'll notice as well between the first and second films, they swap Jennifer's Elizabeth Shue takes over. Yeah, yeah. From the, well, because obviously Eric Stoltz took all, started off as Marty, there's essentially was three Jennifers because the Jennifer that hired to act alongside Eric Stoltz was too tall for Michael J. Fox. So they had to <laughs> recast Jennifer again. So, yeah, so throughout uh, the course yeah. of the film, they essentially had three different Jennifers. Uh uh-huh. Shame. That's what you get for being a wee midget, man. <laughs> you get. What Parkinson's? You get, you get. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> what are you, what are you, what are you trying to date me here, Kim? Yes. I've got uh, again, just, just thought flaps, just brain flaps. Uh, Michael J. Fox, hope you uh, got all the best in your Parkinson's, as opposed to what Kieran just said. Okay, and you're going to be listening. Yeah. Could you talk to fan of show? No, and you're not going to be able to play pause or you might press it again and again and again you know shake your hands <laughs> so, I'll, defend, I'll defend them and I'll, I'll defend them, them and then I'll slide them off uh, well I'm t- uh, it's a crispy uh, third nipple treatment right there <laughs> I'll treat you nice and I'll just slag you off uh, okay like one so we buy I, I'll go first I'll buy it Despite what I've been trying to say about that, <laughs> just just kind of like if it was a big foursome orgy here, like loving for the the film, it might be a bit boring. I was just kind of testing you guys, but nah, I love it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go next as well. I'll go watch because I know that it's going to be on ITV every fucking couple of months. <laughs> and I'll just say, and I'm just going to be a cheap ass man. <laughs> I actually, actually did buy it. I had, to, I had to pay for it to watch for this thing. Yeah? Yeah. 
to be fair, that's it. I mean, it's not on. It's. I thought I would go. It was going to be quite easy to um, pick up <laughs> like BBC iPlayer or Netflix or. Amazon, right? I think it's been on Netflix before, yeah. It fluctuates, it was, it was on Null TV and then it went off, went to Amazon, and I think it's back on Null TV again now. So I suppose they're, they're still <coughs> just trying to make sure they're, they're making money off it because they can, because mm-hmm. people will watch yeah. it anytime okay. they see it. Anytime you're fl- flipping past it, you will stop. You can see it at some point in that movie. If you stop it, if you're channel surfing, surfing, and you see it's on, you stop it. Is that what point in the movie do you not flick on to the next channel? You die. You stick with it. That's it. You stick with it. Ah, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, again, you got you got people like me who are continually going to keep. I think I'm on. This is my second run the DVD sets. Mm-hmm. This this one's going to worn out by my nose, so I'm going to have to buy another one again. <laughs> but it's even even it's it's still on DVDs. Well, we've got to have the DVDs <laughs> for the kids. Yeah. And again, so I'll, I'll buy it again to have it on DVD. This is this in the end, Jones. This is the the trilogies I'll keep forever. But again, they're still they're still making they're still so, making money. Still making them. Uh, so does if yeah. you're going to buy it, you've got to buy the whole yeah. fucking trilogy. <laughs> the, the third one could just collect dust you know the same one oh. sometimes <laughs> well Dan with it, with, it, with it playing the old man card you will appreciate them more but the third one the second one the third one especially you'll, you'll, you'll watch it again in 10 years and you'll, you'll see the difference in it it's one of them that does sort of change you with I these. just I, I don't know it's because it's, it's not got too much relation to the McFly family I know it's got his granddad in there but it's not like the first one's very intricate. You've got to set the t- these two characters up. They spend a lot of time with the second one. You've got the kind of the the nightmare world where a person Charlie see the result of the family, or you go you know in the future and you just see what happens as a result of the family. So you're very close to them there. But this one is just oh he's grander. Like, oh, you know it's not as much. It's not well and it's not as heartfelt. No. But that that one only comes out because the other two, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It doesn't. There's nothing there for me. Yeah, but the third one's essentially it's Doc's film. It's it's, it's no Marty's film. It's, it's it's all about Doc and his, and his arc. And yeah, sort of even his there, story I, as well. I don't. Even then, I don't really have much <laughs> with it there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, they have a train at the end. All right. I was just thinking. <laughs> I mean, Biff, the guy is an actor. He's not. I'm having a quick look. He's not really done too much of massive kind of accreditation since Back to the Future. He's had to write that. He looks like like a typical eighties. Like put him into the Goonies. Put him into fucking Home Alone. Put him into. Oh yeah. He could play any generic bad guy. Yeah. Uh, I see. Uh, yeah. Seems like he'd be he's, made for that. But he, he was good. He was really good in this. I mean, the fact that he's kind of jumped on each film and he's tailored his oh, he's <coughs> tailored his character. He's yeah. been the same character. Well, all the way the, the, I'll the take everything back the, that I just said. Then actually, <laughs> well, the, the second one. You're right about the the second one because it's got to be the the older Biff, the younger Biff, then the kind of the the Biff that's the in Biff. charge of everything. So it's, yeah, it's just Biff with a different so that, that's, voice. <laughs> It's three. It's, it's it's character by the three different times and situations. There's there's more to him than. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Mar- Marty's always Marty, 
Marty's great, but you know what I mean? It's, it's so the same guy as mm-hmm. the pretend to be, but right. with Beth, he's got to be three different Beths. Yeah. So. so are, are you so buying it, Buzz? Yeah, yeah. Instant buy from okay. Right. Good. Right, this is usually the part of the episode on which the quiz winner, i.e. Darren, picks what we're watching next. But we've handed that power over to to, to the listeners. We, as as Daz and Tarek mentioned earlier, we put a request out on social media for recommendations that you guys want us to speak about. And so from now on, instead of us picking our favourites, we'll be picking yours. There's pinned posts on Twitter and Facebook for you to put forward your suggestions, but for now, I've put every one of them that we've had so far. Uh, particular shout-outs to Andy Weir and Teddy Watson for theirs. Um, many, many suggestions. Go on, so go on Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fellow Douglas lad there. Uh, Told you no. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in, they're in Poppy's Easter hat. I'm going to... Well, one's just jumped up and fell on the floor, so that's what's one we're going to do. Two seconds. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't even do names that are hot, proper. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, man, does We were talking about this yesterday. Uh, it's one from Andy Weir, and it's Schemers. Oh, that's good. Oh, nice. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I know about it. Oh, somebody told me... Uh, Dundee somebody, found film. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I can't even remember what was brought up in conversation yesterday. Could you, Dan, specifically why it was brought up? It's because, uh, um, not, not the fact, but I know it was just because it, it was filmed in Dundee and people had a, a relationship to Dundee, so mm-hmm. they felt connected to the movie because of that. But uh, that little fact, no, no, it's lost. Oh, no, it was, it was to do with um, if we were playing Placebo. And is, is it somebody who's in this film? Or, or is 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 kind of um, portrayed in this film went on to be Placebo's manager. Yeah, because they were the band. Yeah, one voice of Placebo was either from Dundee or from the Dundee or something like that. They've got a good Dundee. Mm. Obviously, they've yeah, probably been the manager. I'm a local, uh, Fahir or grew up here or something now. Yeah. Uh, so mm. that was that. So we were talking about this yesterday. Okay, so that's Schemers. I don't know where we can watch it, but let's see. Well, we've got, we got two weeks to find out. <laughs> I want to watch that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Right now. Not, leave, not leaving it last minute again. Nice. Well, cheers for that, Andy. Schemers in two weeks. If you like what you're hearing here, don't keep it a secret. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Search Krusty wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, anchor.fm slash Snibble and you'll see links to our back catalogue and social media platforms. Thanks, Del, for coming on, making this a hoot. Thanks so much for having us, guys. It's a uh, goodbye for me. Goodbye for me. Well, Thank you very say. much, Del. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Don't visit you. We'll do. <laughs> uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>